along with every woman I know. My friend Gina is the biggest Prince fan. There was this song that came out on the radio. The title of the song was Let's Work. The album was Controversy. I saw the picture of the guy who was singing that song. My crush is Prince and will always be Prince. I met up with her and her daughter Takara over coffee in D.C. and they compared old and new crushes. Along with Prince, Gina was into new wave 80s groups like Duran Duran, Culture Club. Takara is way into Korean pop and hip hop. For now, there are a few like Korean boy groups on my wall, but um, they're called BTS. They're like blowing up, which is really cool. All of a sudden, my daughter wanted to teach herself Korean. I'm like, huh? Stop. (laughs) You don't get it because you're not paying attention. But like, I'm on Twitter, so I see it. So Gina, Takara, and I looked at some of these crushes. We started with Duran Duran. I don't know. Who's this one? John Taylor. Okay, maybe John Taylor. But other than that, like, they just don't. No, I can't. Then we showed Gina One Direction. That Harry Styles, I love him. I think he's so cute. But um, the rest of the band, I'm like, uh. We went through a few more until Gina remembered Howard Hewitt from Shalimar, who she had a poster of when she was younger. Howard Hewitt is a good-looking guy. He's got a little bit of a mullet, nice little mustache. I showed Takara a picture of him. Oh, wait. What do I feel like? Um, this looks like her significant other, um, looks like, it's like a spitting image, almost. She has a type. It's a trend. I'm not judging. It's just, it just, it is. I don't remember having a conversation with my mom about the singers and actors that were on my wall that I wanted to look like or date. And I wouldn't have been able to identify my mom's type. And I'm sort of envious of mothers and daughters having these conversations about dating. Like, how do the posters on our wall translate to who we will end up being with? He kind of looks like somebody she's dated. (laughs) (laughs) That's my type. But there's one thing that is consistent. No matter who you are, No matter where you come from, your mother is going to eventually embarrass you in front of somebody you like. She was visiting her college and she met this young man. I've never met the boy. And so she calls me, Mom, I'm about to meet up with Racer X. And I'm like, huh? Part of me is like, oh, look at that. That's so cute. And another part of me is like, I don't know this boy. He got on the phone and I was I even told him, I don't know you. Oh, my God. I'm Mark Bagan, and you're listening to Other Men Can't Remember the Lyrics to Raspberry Beret. Thank you for listening, folks. Um, this is going to be our last bonus episode. As we get closer to premiering our second season, I will update all of you as soon as that starts happening, but we should be launching in the late summer, early fall. But today, we've got one story that came from our live show last fall. 
Shalewa Sharp is a stand-up comedian in New York City. I first saw her do a set that was part of her stand-up album, Stay Eating Cookies. And I was like, who is this woman? She is a treasure. I recommend the album. I recommend finding her work if she's touring. But I first recommend listening to her tell this epic tale of crushes that she told in November 2017 at the Crane Theater in New York City. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hey. All right. Okay. Mm, we've covered a lot of ground this evening. Um, all right. So when I got the assignment for this show, I really thought about it. Um, I don't know, like six, seven minutes tops. <laughs> thought about it. And um, I thought about um, crushes. Uh I love crushes. I love having crushes. It keeps me motivated. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when I get dressed in the morning, I'm dressing for the person that I think will see me walk by and go, what? Like that's what I'm, for the relationship I wanna be in. I'm putting on clothes and I'm like, Nah, he's out there and he's gonna dig this. <clears throat> we're, we're still searching, but I'm still getting dressed, you know? A crush, it ramps up your metabolism. You can't eat, oh my goodness, do you remember being in high school and you can't eat? Because the star, whatever sport, player, has walked into the cafeteria and now you just have to throw down your Pringles and just go, I can't, I can't eat. And I had girlfriends who would do that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I can always eat, but I got it later. I got it later. You can't eat. Oh, it's just so exciting. Um, but because most people, when you know them in real life, are trash, I... <laughs> I preferred to just crush on celebrities, you know? It's much easier, it's a lot easier. And I would let that color my life. Don't do that. Um, I am, uh, I am, to hear gentrification tell it, I am a rare bird in that I am someone who lives in Brooklyn who was born in Brooklyn. But my family moved away from Brooklyn Brooklyn when I was like eight uh, or so. But I was born there right in the time of um, that early 70s black power phase, you know? And I say phase because it didn't stick. Um, we are still doing the black power thing now. We're really trying to nail it home. What about us, guys? Um, but this is how I ended up with the name Shalewa. Um, Shalewa Niambi was my first and middle name. My parents were Shirley and Lonnie, so I'm not, my motherland is Flatbush, you know? So it's not a, it's not exactly the same. But when, um, when I was a child here, uh, me and my little sister went to a school, a private school, uh, called Wayusi Shule, which I believe is Swahili, and it um, translates to black school. 
It was run by, if I'm not mistaken, a Jewish man. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was 70s, just perfection. Everyone wore dashikis. There was a, our um, anthem, instead of the national anthem, uh, we sang an anthem that was, um, it named all of the seven principles of Kwanzaa. Did you know there were seven principles of Kwanzaa? I did and sang them every morning, including the meaning. I was six. That's heavy. That's real heavy for, I'm trying to learn how to pronounce my name just like the rest of you. And now, now we're tossing Kwanzaa on top of it. Okay, so that's my background. That's how I grew up in Brooklyn. And then my parents, because my mother was from Georgia originally, they decided, let's move to Atlanta. We'd like our kids to see a tree. <laughs> so we moved to Atlanta, um, specifically an area called Stone Mountain. Okay. Some of you may not be familiar. Uh, you may have heard about it recently. Um, Stone Mountain is a giant hunk of granite. They say mountain, and that's cute. And it's got etched into the side um, Confederate Army heroes, three of them. Now, when I was at Wayusi Shule, we spoke Swahili. Uh, you know what I mean? Our snack time was a mug of sage tea and a piece of sugar cane. They were training us for the revolution, for sure. Little soldiers we were. And then when I moved to Stone Mountain, uh, I met someone named Amy for the first time. <laughs> and when I saw it, I said, oh, it's like army without the R. And she never spoke to me again. No need to worry though, there are plenty of Amy's. I met others. Um, I met a lot of people there in Georgia and Stone Mountain, um, many of them white. Uh, as it turns out, when we moved to Stone Mountain, the Klan was still having rallies there. And so that was something. I was explaining that to someone recently. They were like, what was that like? And I was like, well, it's not like they were burning crosses in our apartment complex. I mean, you just get along, you know? Um, I mean, even the most racist white folks in Atlanta listen to Outkast. So you just, you know what I mean? It happens. But what happened was something that my mother didn't, well, she wasn't prepared for. I got my first celebrity crush, and it was on Rick Springfield. <laughs> this was not what she trained me for. <laughs> Rick Springfield, if you don't remember, he had a hit song called Jesse's Girl, which is mad creepy and problematic. Maybe don't listen to it now. Um, but it was catchy in 81, you know? Um, uh, he was also on General Hospital at the time. He was a real cutie. His mullet was the best mullet, you know? And that was hard, because also John Stamos was on there. Kept an eye on him, too. I fell for him. I fell for him all. I fell for Ricky Schroeder. I fell for John Schneider. Like, I didn't even pick the brunette of the Duke boys on the Dukes of Hazard. I picked the blonde. I went full white. 
And my mother was alarmed. What is going on, Shalewa? Why do you like these boys, Shalewa? And I'm like, I don't know. I knew why. My mother was in the process of raising two independent women like herself. She just didn't think it was going to turn on her. Um, so uh, she wasn't exactly a don't trust whitey person, but she was a don't trust whitey person. You know? <laughs> Uh, but she didn't tell me Whitey had, they were cute. They were cute Whiteys. She didn't mention that. So I got to where they congregate and I just, what? All of them. Boys named Hugh and Tad. Boyd. Boyd? Just boy with a D, you're taking R's out of army and you're putting D's on boys? What are you doing down here in the South? Y'all is crazy, man. But then it just grew from there. She kept trying to stop the music I wanted to listen to. Hey, if I want REO Speedwagon in my ears, that's what I want. She didn't like it. John Cougar, pre-Mellencamp. <laughs> What are you doing, Shalewa? She called them no singing white boys. <laughs> Some passed the test. Um, George Michael and Wham, she was like, he's all right. <laughs> uh, Boy George, she was okay with. And then at that point, she was like, all right, now I don't even know what she's into. What's going on here? Um, but Duran Duran, no. And that was too bad because I had dedicated my life to Duran Duran. <laughs> which was a very harsh pivot from uh, Van Halen uh, with Diamond David Lee Roth, uh, who I previously loved with all my heart. Uh, I had a poster of David Lee Roth on my wall where he was getting out of the pool. That, all of it was disgusting. The wall, the pool water, the, po the paper, everything about it was just nasty. Um, he had, you know, mess shirts just crawling out, hair just wet and sexy, air quotes. Uh, and I loved it. And I went away one summer to hang out with cousins here in New York. And when I came back home for the beginning of the school year, the poster was gone. And I said, Mommy, where's my David Lee Roth poster? And she said, oh, I was cleaning your room and I accidentally tore it. And then my father, very low, in another room said, yeah, tore it from corner to corner. So, <laughs> I'm on you, all right. So yeah, I just, I'd put pictures of him on my wall, and she'd try to counteract. I put up a Rick Springfield, she was like, what about this Donna Summer? Mm, all right, we'll see how that works. I, uh, I put up The Cure in Depeche Mode, and she was like, perhaps a prince? <laughs> All right, you write on that one, you write on that one. <laughs> she just was very concerned. Why do you like these white boys? And I never could answer that question. Why did I like these white boys? To be contrary, because I was surrounded by him, so it's what I knew? 
Not that I really knew him. Do you really know yourself, let alone white dudes? <laughs> Nobody knows. I thought we were just going to be at this impasse for a while. When I started dating, I dated two white guys in, in high school. And really the only thing they had in common was they had the same haircut as the fellow who sang for Simply Red. So just hair in the face. And she was like, I don't even understand you anymore. And then one night we were watching Saturday Night Live and Living Color, the rock band, the black heavy rock band came on. And they started singing Cult of Personality. And my mother went, huh. You know, I'd never thought I'd say this, but those are some no-singing black boys. And I was like, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. She always asked me, why didn't you bring home a nice young uh, black boy? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think they like me. Um, I go to advanced English classes. I go to classes. I go to advanced English classes, and the boys there don't like that. And she's like, you're not trying. I'm like, how do I try? I guess I'd just go back to school and be me. And some of the black kids there didn't like that so much. And then I'd go home. My mom was like, are you trying, though? Can you be blacker? And I'm like, Ugh. I'm getting this all over. Maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to be. Which is tough, because my name's Shalewa. <laughs> it's all I've known. It's all I've known. I was just like, why can't someone just... Come on, bite the bullet on this Shalewa. Just go ahead. I know she's a weird thing, but come on, black dude, give it a shot. No black dude ever did, really. I think I was a little intimidating um, because I didn't stop liking what I was liking just because no one else seemed to. Um, it was much, much later in life when I finally dated a black guy. He was horrible. I really wanted him to be good, but he was really mean to me. He was terrible. But I brought him home once, and my mother met him, and her eyes lit up. And I was like, God damn it. What are we going to do? Now she thinks she sees an end. There's a chance. There's a shot. And this dude is terrible. <laughs> I ended up breaking it off with that dude. And she asked about him for two years later. <laughs> Whatever happened to, yeah, he did your daughter bad, is what happened to him. Well, don't write him off. No, I'm going to write him off. <laughs> I'm going to write him off. Other women will catch him, probably the other ones who are around. Someone will catch him. Not me, though. I dated another black fella after him. That was just mild. It wasn't a serious relationship, you know? It wasn't serious. It was just, we were just hanging out. He was a jazz musician, a drummer. <laughs> two for two. And uh, he was fine. My dad was a big jazz dad, you know? Real bebop. Played piano, that kind of thing. And he knew the guy's work, kind of. So he was like, oh, wow, he's a jazz musician. I'm like, god damn it. 
Now he's black and a jet. Now I really got to try and make this work because my parents are thrilled right now. I've made both of them happy. Didn't work. Ugh. My parents are gone now, and that's a shame because I've started dating a dude, and he's a black guy, and he's real good to me. And uh, they would love him. I'm guessing they're probably floating around. <laughs> and uh, they're like, he seems to be good to this one. Well, my mom is probably saying that. My dad is probably saying, get off her. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my mom's like, let it happen, Bonnie. Let it happen. <laughs> We've been waiting a long time for this. <laughs> it was tough. I made a decision that I would just kind of look for black guys. So I was on Soul Swipe? Okay. So just one. Because I'm looking at your faces. And I can tell that y'all didn't know that we knew how to code. What we do, soul swipe, it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's a dating app for black people and the occasional cheeky Jew. <laughs> I'm trying to get it in Beastie Boys style. You gotta respect it. You gotta respect it. While I was on it, I was looking for, I was looking for like older black fellas because I'm an older gal. I won't tell you how old I am. I will tell you I'm older than Stella was when she went to get her groove back. <laughs> so that's why it took me so long to download this stuff on my Jitterbug 7. <laughs> um, well, while I was looking, I'm looking at older black guys and what that meant was every morning I woke up to like a series of messages that began with, greetings, queen. <laughs> <laughs> nah, kid, that's not how we're doing it. Salutations, sister. Why is this a poetry slam all of a sudden? What happened here? What are we doing? And they all look like deacons. I don't know. I don't know what happened. With black men, it, they hit a certain age. You can tell they love the Lord in every picture. Every picture? Even your gym photo? Where did you find a double-breasted tank top? What are, you, what are you doing in church shoes at the park? I can't, I can't do this with you anymore. I'm so glad I found my dude. My name's Shalewa Sharp, guys. Thank you very much. You can find Shalewa on Twitter at SilkyJumbo. All right, folks. This episode was produced and edited by Mark Bagan, Ben Goldberg, and Rebecca Seidel with live event recording by Tanvir Mansour. I want to give special thanks to Gina and Takara and, of course, the delightful Shalewa Sharp. And thank you to Horse Trade and the Crane Theater for housing us in the fall. You can subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. And what is a huge help 
is if you do whatever you need to right now so that you can rate and review this show. I can't tell you how much of a help it is. If you want to go and tell a friend about it too, please, please, please do that. You can sign up for our newsletter at othermenneedhelp.com. It is monthly. It is fun. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like I said, this is the last bonus episode for a while. We are running into a very ambitious second season. I'm really excited to share it with all of you. And I will have updates soon. Until that time. Adios. Ciao, ciao. Bye.